You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Dan only at DraftKings Sportsbook. How's your day been? Uh it's been it's been a, a little crazy, but I'm I'm not the person that's having the craziest day, so it's hmm. fine. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm trying to see what other jersey you have there. Oh, Sims, he sent you one? No, I oh. bought it on uh you like I bought it a- on a, a fake eBay for eighteen dollars. Yes, by the way. <laughs> Two and yes, Sims by the way. Jersey. Yeah, next to each other. <laughs> is Stu having a crazy day? What's 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 got? Oh, is he, he's trying to catch a plane? Yeah, and he's scheduling things at weird times, and like, of course, he's doing his thing where like Sim says that he could do it early, but he has to be out by a certain time, and then Sims is like twenty minutes late because he's doing his real job, and then we get the kind of the truth behind Sims has to be out by a certain time, which is I've I got to leave I've to go catch to, a flight. I may have to leave to go to the airport in the middle of this, so have questions ready. And I'm just like, wait a minute, what? I thought Sims was in a rush, and he's like, no, I'm good to go. Whatever. He's like, I gotta go. I have a flight at one thirty. It's like. Mm, that's normally Sims's time. Why would you schedule your flight at one thirty? It's also twelve forty eight. I know he left. He left at like twelve ten. I, I, you guys all play very dangerous games with flights. Very dangerous games. I have a flight in ten minutes, so let's hurry up. <laughs> Do you guys all like are are trusting that like pre check and like yeah. whatever the other one Nothing is called? Like, clear is great though. Clear, I yeah, I but zoom in and out but in at seconds. Miami International Airport, half the time it's closed. No, not clear. Yeah, man. I've been in lines and like they, everybody is standing in the same line. And then they have to go talk to someone. That might be pre-check. If you go down to gate G all the way at the end, there, that's where it's going to be. The worst is Atlanta. I was in, I was in the security line for clear in Atlanta. That was like a hundred people long. For clear? For clear. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I mean, Atlanta is just a, it is a nightmare. It's, it's a hub. It's a a city. No, no, it's not a hub. It's a city. Yeah. Like it's. The biggest place that I've ever been to. You feel like you're in. It, it should have its own zip code, it's, like an its own municipality, its own government. Also, I, I was exposed in the Atlanta airport to the concept of a smokers lounge, which I think Ooh. is the saddest place on the face of the earth, where you like you see the stains from tobacco and the exploits of cigarettes all over the walls on the glass, and you just see like this leper colony of cigarette smokers. Just sat huh. in a room, and that's all they're there to do. And it's like, I wonder if at that point, just you start absorbing to que- smoke, you just start to question your habit, right? Like, why, why am I smoking cigarettes? Why am I here? Why is life? It's just, it seems existential to be in one of those rooms. Hmm. Welcome, to Mystery Crate. Hey, hey, what? I, I was told when you guys walked into the room that you guys were in the middle of a conversation. Ooh, yeah. Oh well, look, here it, it was Lewis and Tony asking if they prefer their food. Hot, really? Too hot or too cold? I think I think the question is this: If you're getting something, 
Would you rather it be like, are you a too hot eater where if it comes out hot, you'll eat it and you like it that way? Or do you like it a little bit more room temp? If you had to have it in the wrong direction either way, is this way, maybe a way to phrase yeah, it? Like yeah, if you right. had to it's, have it messed up either way, what do you, would you prefer to have? If you have it in the wrong direction, I, I'd much rather it be in the hot direction. I, uh, one, I One of actually my joys of going to hibachi and actually sitting down at the grill is the feeling afterwards. I, I love, the plate, I, I love yeah. eating the food straight off the hibachi burner, and I enjoy the kind of next 24 hours of it feeling like the roof of my mouth is burned. I never understand I the people that. that just sit, let their rice sit there. Yeah, no, I don't. It's I, like I, they give you so much rice. You got to take at least a few bites before. I, I a understand. A few bites, yes. You got to wait till the whole plate is complete. Right, obviously, don't murder the entire <laughs> gigantic mound what do you of rice mean? No, before I, I, your protein no, shows up. No, I, I, I murder the whole oh, thing. Oh, dude, you got to have Hold a little rice. You no, no, eat no, no, the no. rice prior to your, your meat getting there? As it, I, it is a, it is a, and thank you for the so reminder. Wait, I'm going to go get hibachi for lunch. That rice is gone? I'll go with you. The rice is gone. I'm serious. <laughs> serious? Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, good. Uh, but uh, yeah, Do you want to go? For me, uh, no, I'm hungry right now. Let's go. He's got a thing. Uh, no, for me, it's oh, like I have a thing as too. as it arrives, I'm eating it. That that no, that's, no, that's like my vegetables on your plate. You eat the vegetables. Yeah, boy, I'm I'm land it on the table. here because I do eat some of the rice, but I just you, you have to save some for like the protein. Yeah, like, yeah, just, exactly. Oh, the yum yum sauce. I'm I'm going. Yum I'm yum going. I don't know if you're kidding, Witty. But I'm going. <laughs> I, Do you guys I, buy I, yum, I yum, yum sauce for, for the house? No, no. You don't. Okay, I, I try to. It's yeah. It's too. It's it's too unhealthy. It's I love too it too yum much. Yum? I, it's too yum yum. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I will give you mine because when I first started going to, but you give him what? My yum yum sauce. I have a bottle of yum yum sauce at the house. Hmm. Because I went to a hibachi. Pl- so the first Benihana that I went to was the one in Miramar here in South Florida. And they didn't give the, this is way back in this is like 2010 2009. They didn't give yum yum sauce back then. There was two choices: there was mustard and there was ginger. Oh, God. And so the mustard terrible time. What place no. is this? I've never heard of a place giving mustard and ginger. Not it's, yum it's yum the Benihana and Miramar. Okay, so, so there's a place called Samurai down in the yeah. falls, which is like uh, the OG the spot. Thank you, Billy. The OG spot. All they yeah. always All gave you yum yum sauce. Ah. So I Billy so I, I don't even I don't even think this establishment had yum yum sauce. And so I so I love the mustard sauce from Benihana. I've never had the You're mustard sauce. You're the one longing no. for that mustard sauce. Yeah, and I ask for it every time I go, and they have to like go find a bottle somewhere because wow. they've converted to yum yum sauce. And so when I went to when I was going down the aisles of Publix, because I remember you guys here on the show had a conversation about yum yum, yum sauce. So I'm like, all right, I'll go buy a bottle of yum yum sauce. That's the that's their version of the of the mustard yeah. sauce. So I had it and I nearly spit it up. It was gross. Oh. I hate, hate mayo y for you? Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a big mayo guy. Yeah, Neither am I. So, I hate so mayo. I, I spit it's it out. It's like cream. It's a base right. of mayo, though. It's, it's so. a base of mayo. So I, I just decided I'm mayo. out on, and, Dude, and, come on. and now, Get like, that, that, that mustard sauce doesn't even really exist. I looked for a recipe online. I tried to make it. It didn't really come out that great. So Secret. I'm, it's literally. Was I, that a pandemic invention? It was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have a question. So. I've seen that Mystery Crate videos have been released recently. Is the person that is working on this one, will Dan like wildly waving his arms in the conversation that he's in be included in Only this episode of the Mystery Crate? Yeah, no. No, no, we can't see him. We can't, we can't see him, unfortunately. No, no, no. Dan, is, Dan is not in the frame. But at least the audience knows now. He is always here. Yeah. He is waiting. He could jump he in just, at any moment. He seems very happy about no, no. something, but I don't know what it is. Gesticulating about my yum yum sauce opinion. He's what? Ah, gesticulating. Oh, do you guys have a food item that you mm. it's you eat too much Baby. of and it's not healthy for you? So even though you love it, it's one of your favorite things. 
I want this. I want this to be discontinued so that I can be healthier. I have two nominations for so you. So hold on, something that you'd buy at the grocery store. Something I eat too much of that it's like it would be better for my health. Just world just, like worldwide, it gets canceled. Coca Cola, the yes, soda. Yes, Billy for sure. Like I drink a couple a week, and I just love it so much. I would drink it four just times go a to day. Coke Zero. Dude, no, no, no. All the Diet Cokes, all the it's Zeros, not Diet taste Coke. like it's shite. Zero. They taste okay. like shite. No. All the other off, iterations off, of Coca-Cola off, are shite. Wow. Bollocks. I, you know what? I'm I'm actually, I, I've tried the, the Zero Sugar Coca-Cola. Shite. And oh, it's, good. it's like 98% of a good soda. It's just the 2%, which is the aftertaste. Yeah, that aftertaste. The aftertaste is awful. And I, I don't know if scientifically they oh, can two fix? now. Oh, come on. Right, but the, 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 two, the 2% is important, and it just makes me like, yeah. it, if I'm going to drink a soda, I realize what I'm doing. And so I'm just going to I'm gonna dispense with, you know, like, trying to be healthy. I'm going to have a soda. But I but, think I might get rid of it. Like, I think if you said, like, I don't yes, know what a, what a weird just, power it, I would have to be able to get like, rid of it. Just like, it's unavailable. You go to a restaurant, like Thanos, and you, say, you snap your finger, right. and all Coke is gone. All sodas, all sodas are gone. You guys don't have something that you eat too much of? That I mean, of course. But I still want it, right? Like but, pizza and and hamburgers. Yeah, like I still right. want those things. Yeah, mm. so I would no snap my finger. No, I no. snap my finger and get rid of salads. It's a good time. That's the opposite of the game. For mm. me, it would be like the entire candy section of a convenience store. Ah, uh, yes. So mm. I like you. You like, I love going. So like after soccer, th this is the the most counterproductive thing that I do. I go to I go and play soccer. I'm drenched in sweat. I'm there to go get a Gatorade. And I, I grab the Gatorade, and then I walk by the candy section. Oh, I go, yeah. oh, do I want to counteract all of the what exercise that I've me? just done for the last hour? Or did I just earn it? Yeah. And usually the answer is, I just that earned it. That gets me at grocery stores. When I'm walking up, pulling my pushing my cart up, and I just see those candies there. I'm like, yeah, I'll take a fast break. Really? I'll take one. And I'll eat it in the car wow. before I get home. Wow. My wife wow. never sees it. Never the wiser. <laughs> in the garbage I've instantly. I've been very disappointed by the. Uh, I, I tried to find after Halloween the Halloween candy sales and was not very successful in finding them. And I was looking specifically. My wife asked me, "Hey, if you go to the store, can you get me Laffy Taffy on sale?" And I have not been able to find Laffy Taffy on sale anywhere. And then it also made me wonder. I don't see Laffy Taffy year round, right? But it has to be a product that's constantly in production. But it seems like something that I only see and consume around Halloween time. So like, are there other candies like that for you? Also, just really quick on the Coke topic. So since I had kidney stones, I haven't had nearly as much Coke and I haven't had Coke in my house. And it's been the perfect time because Coke prices right now are through the roof. Tell me, yeah, they are, are they really? For a grand, they're crazy. really and it, high. And Publix, tries, <laughs> and Publix tries to get you. <laughs> and Publix tries to get you with buy seven 12 packs and we'll give you two for free. It's oh, like, can yeah. we just get a bogus oh, thing going? Buy, the buy they three make, get one is a load of nonsense. Not, dude, yeah, I swear I mean, I've seen like on. buy four get two. It's like a they do weird math with it, mm -hmm. but I'm not walking out of here with six 12 also, packs. Sorry, right. Publix. The gas yeah. the gas station one where it's like two for three, but one is two forty nine. So I like you're you're only costing yourself fifty one more cents. Like it, why why is that how you do sales? I love why? that deal. No, they get I you, hate yeah, it. They get you every no, time. They get, it does. To, it gets me every time. People, it's like no, I don't want. I just want one. Can I get one? You can for two fifty. But if you buy yeah. another one, it's fifty cents. Yeah. I mean, come on. What's our mystery crate this week? Yeah. No, I I have I have I have a question. Does anyone okay. else like Laffy oh. Taffy? No. No. Really. It's definitely one of the last ones. Like, you guys it's, do it's this horrible, thing in, in your bowl at your house. Wow. Like over the weeks after Halloween, Insults all the wife. good candies get mm. taken, 
And like three weeks after Halloween, that that candy bowl is always a sad place. It's a sad, sad. Like There's a lot, lot of almond like joys, like peppermint, peppermints. Those suck. Not yeah. even like the peppermint patties, like the white and red peppermint like candies, like the hard candies. My yeah. my wife the other day, like the day after Halloween, is like grabbing a big bag and putting it, and she's like, "I'm bringing this to work to give away." I'm like, "You are not yeah. doing that." I'm yeah. like, <laughs> you, and give it away. I was like, in "You two did weeks, not consult me." Once in this I decision. have two weeks to go after this, you can bring the sad candy to your office. This is not <laughs> the day after Halloween. You put Absolutely that. Not. You put that right back. Tony, you know who benefited from that? So we had um, my daughter's baptism was a couple weeks ago, and we had like on the way out individually wrapped nothing. Nothing bunt cakes that oh, we love had. Nothing bunt cakes. God, we I had, love nothing oh, bunt cakes. Nothing bunt cakes. Nothing bunt cakes uh, Billy, every family party I have for somebody's birthday, we get a nothing bunt cake. Every well, these were like one. individuals that everyone could like, like the choose. Minis, one right? of got a variety. They they weren't even that mini. It was like larger than a cupcake. They were like decent sized ones, but they were like individually wrapped. So like mm-hmm. on the way out, take one and go home. Um, and then I had like there was like probably like eight to ten left. And I was like, oh, I might take these to work and just like give them out like oh. on the Monday, right? So that they won't go bad. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take them to work. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she took half of them. And then some of them stayed in the fridge and they didn't last long. Sorry, guys, but they didn't last until Monday. Because you ate them? Uh, yeah, I oh, had some. Okay. I didn't know I if the dogs some. got into the uh, fridge. No, the dogs mm-hmm. don't know how to get into the fridge. Just in case. You're I've just been... making fun of my dogs. Which no, is how fine. would I make fun of your dogs? Sometimes dogs get in the fridge and, and eat stuff. I've been gross with my Halloween candy the last couple nights. How's that? But you need to you need to just buy like for I, I'm assuming that you're saying the crappy ones or the ones no, that I'm, like your daughter I've got been trick eating or treating too much. Like I like no, last but... night after midnight, I think I had seven pieces of candy. <laughs> what kind? Can you remember them? Yeah, they were all like like in my defense, like the minute like so it was like a small Twix. Like, like the little one, small like these are good. all the can- like small the size the, one, yeah. the little like, Milky Ways. And I did one of these. It was stuck in my teeth. I had to like wake up my wife, brush. I had to like go in and brush my teeth at like one a.m. because like I was like I can't go to sleep with all this sugar in my teeth. And it was like the that, you get cavities. That that uh, what is it called? Is it sugar daddy? It's like the stick. It's oh, like yeah, this it's caramel, like caramel thing. Stick. Uh-huh. And dude, it just stuck. I, it took me like a half hour. I was like just doing that thing where I got my finger in my mouth and I'm trying to like yeah. you know the water pick. I do have a water pick. Oh, but that's this super was on the loud. Couch before I decided I need to oh, do yeah. that, I was trying to just like do it. This is also being super shame, loud, right? He doesn't yeah. want to tell his wife about right, it. He doesn't yeah. want to wake up his wife. Yeah. He's like, let me see if I can get out with my finger. So much candy. I felt S- gross though. Stunning innovation. The water pick. It's changed my life. That was like 15 minutes after I ate that bowl of rice and chicken that I told oh, you. Oh yeah, that was too hot. I mean, I this, so this, much this sounds like you had an edible. Yeah. What is that supposed to? Whoa! Wow, Chris. You know what I learned this week? I did. Uh, I I was asked to join Jason Leaser's podcast, Sports Adjacent, and I did it with him. And they did like this segment where they go around and they share news that they couldn't get to. And one of them was something about like if you eat boogers, it's good for your teeth. Like it makes your teeth stronger and it prevents cavities if it's you true. eat boogers. So then maybe like next time, instead of brushing your teeth in the middle of the night, just, just eat a couple boogers right. and then you'll be good. I'll think about it. It would be quieter. Yeah, that's what I'm wife, saying. Yeah. I think it would disturb your wife in other ways. Yeah, it would. She's asleep, though. Yeah. How would she know? Yeah, but then he gets into the into the habit of it, and then he does it in front of her, and then, you know. You've had a booger. Don't pretend, Tony, like you haven't had a booger. Everybody's had a booger. Yeah, so. When, exactly. you, have, when you have a hawker. Not everyone has when had you a booger. Have, wait, when you have a hawker, it's a booger. I've picked it's a, a booger. It's a big-ass booger. I've picked a booger. Wait, we're talking about eating? Oh, yeah. oh, sw- I've swallowed phlegm before. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's okay. what a booger is. Oh, guys. okay, I mean, fair enough. I, I think mm. if you're eating a booger, it goes from the no. Nose that's to the a mouth. lot different though than the conscious decision. But sometimes to eat you a go booger. like this, and I'm, I'm sorry for listeners right now. I'm going to do something that's gross. If you don't like it, eat a skip, booger. Skip to it. Ten seconds. Look at the camera. So when you go like this, you're a death punch. Right here. Yeah. When I go like this and go, 
You do that. Oh, that's that's a move. Well, sometimes, wow. sometimes phlegm or boogers get down there, and you gotta swallow. Yeah, yeah. I know, well, but that's a lot different. Or there's a difference that's a lot between different the incidental than fishing booger? out a booger right. and eating it. The incidental Not booger, really. booger we all Not eat. Really, that's what I'm saying. We all eat the incidental booger. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, the incidental booger that, but that happens. We're talking about going up there with a finger. Wait, I mean it is different though because a booger is dried. No, but sometimes you get boogers. How do you know? Your, your nose and your mouth are connected. So sometimes when you inhale a booger, it goes to the back of your throat. Hmm. You've never Dip had it in a, yum yum you, sauce. So you, <laughs> Roy, what about you? Nose picker? Eat it? No. All right. Hmm. Never? I don't believe that. Come on, Roy. Everybody's never. done it once. Grid of death punishment? Yeah. Eat a booger? Eat somebody else's booger. Oh, God. No, no. Too far. <laughs> too far. If you had to eat someone else's booger on the show, whose booger are you eating? Wow, booger draft. Uh, draft. Damn. Who Chris like has done it. like... Witty's got to have, like, Witty doesn't, like, smoke. He doesn't, like, drink a lot. What's your vice, Witty? What's, like, your... How are you, like, when so, you let your hair down? Have we discussed this? I feel like... Have my, we? My, mine, mine, is the, uh, mine is the blackjack table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I And the last few mm. times have gone, gotten absolutely murdered. Yeah. So yeah, oh it's it's definitely uh, it's it's the blackjack table. I and also, tips, man. and also when I land at, in in DraftKings states, immediately placing twelve sports bets. Yeah, like, I I believe that you do that in outside of DraftKings states as well. Uh, if we're going to be a hundred percent honest. No, what does that mean? I do. No, I, I don't. Oh, I, I, only, I, I only gamble with DraftKings when I land back in Florida. I don't. I'm not placing any bets. No bets here in Florida. Mm -hmm. It's mostly because mm -hmm. of the admin. The admin's a pain in the ass. So yeah. uh, I got a guy. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, you have to have a guy. You got Like, I don't like that shit. So I, mm. I, uh, I, I land in a DraftKings state, and literally on the, my, I'm actually an amazing plane gambler. Like, either when I land, it's like, all right, let's. Like, what, what can I, what can I bet on? Or right before I left, right. So when I went to, uh, it seems like a made-up stat, by the way. No, I mean, I, I have, I have proof. I have proof. We can go through my bets that I that I I I did on a plane. So uh, when I went to New York for the Inter Miami game on the tarmac, I'm like, oh shit. There's like a whole and there's a whole slate of NFL games that I can bet this on. This is a DraftKings state, right? Exactly. Well, yeah, I'm I'm about to leave this DraftKings state. I'm on the tarmac in New Jersey, and I'm going. All right, here we go. And I put in like 13 bets, and I hit on like eight of them. Well, what happened? Great. Like, where's that money go? Not not to get into the it's in, it's in, in my account. it's in my DraftKings account. Yeah. I can like play daily fantasy with it, or sometimes I tell my brother to put bets on things because he lives in a DraftKings state. Legal. So. so then, so then you do place mm. bets when you're here in Florida. Just through your brother's your bookie. Yeah, yeah, my proxy. You have a guy. Yeah. I have a couple proxies in different DraftKings states that I that I frequent. Every once in a while. Got my ass handed to me one time. <laughs> I feel like we're all scared around this topic. Why yeah. are we scared? What are we scared Everyone of? Everyone seems to what, be. Yeah. What's the, oh, I, I, have, I have nothing to be afraid of. I engage in nothing but legal activity. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. What's up, Mr. K, this week? I don't know. It's a review <laughs> of Andor. With Did Nino you just Hassan. ask yourself? Yeah. I mean, uh, we have to set up the DM. Andor what? This guy. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> mm. With Anthony Mays and Darth Mean. Here it is. To Darth Amin's Ruler 2. I am Darth Amin. I'm joined as always by my apprentice, Darth Corn Puzzle, aka Anthony Mays. You're listening to our recap and review of Andor Episode 9. Nobody's listening! Exclamation point. Nobody! 
This is an episode, probably the slowest episode since episode one or two, and yet we got some really big moments in this one. Maybe my favorite scene of the whole run. I know there's been a lot of good stuff, but in in certain ways, this scene will be forever remembered. I can't wait to find out what scene you're referring to, Maze. The episode is called Nobody's Listening, and of course, it's referring to something that Andor says a lot in this series. The idea that you guys think that the Empire is like watching us all, and the reality is they don't give a damn. They're not listening. Nobody cares. The Empire doesn't care because it doesn't consider any of these people to be threats. And that harkens back to the line from A New Hope where they're doing the Death Star review of the plans. And General Dodonna says the Empire doesn't consider a small one-man fighter to be a threat or they'd have a tighter defense. And that is something that is pervasive as we see to Andor Throughout the Empire, they just don't see individual pockets and peoples to be threatening. It's very arrogant. Yes, there's the hubris of that. And also Mm -hmm. what Andor is not a victim of is fear. So much of what the Empire does is rule out of fear. The Death Star is a symbol of fear. Right. You're worried that the Death Star could pop up and blow up your planet at any moment. That's what's keeping people in line. And he explains that when we're in prison later, it's fear. And yes, as we've done a lot of work in this show of seeing most of the people that work for the Empire are incompetent. There's not a lot of competence. So even if they were listening, who knows? It'd be like someone falling asleep in front of a TV bank working security at a mall. Who really cares? So we opened the episode pretty much where we left off in the last episode, Dedra interrogating Bix. She gives an epic, epic speech here, Maze. You pull in the net and the easy thing, the oh. quick thing is to assume that everything you've dragged ashore is a fish. I have colleagues who believe that's the prudent mindset in defense of the empire, but I take a more nuanced view. I try. So that's exactly what we're talking about. Dedra is one of the few that actually does the work and is paying attention. I also enjoyed her talking about she doesn't like time wasting. And said, well, I can do this. I can torture you and eventually get everything. And suddenly it's morning and there we are wasting time. I enjoyed this whole psychological warfare that she's playing on Bix. By just talking about how awful everything is. You're in my net, Bix. Are you a fish or are you a thief? Hmm? Seems a shame to end up on the carving board if your motivation here is just money. Bix says, you're ISB, aren't you? The worst of the worst. And Dedra goes on to basically tell her how Salman Pak broke and snitched on her and told Dedra everything. Everything. Uh, how he went to a separatist meeting. Remember, we learned from Saul Guerrero last episode that there is no formal rebellion at this point. It's just different factions representing different anti-Empire ideologies. And the Separatists, of course, are the ones from the Clone Wars who wanted to break away from the Republic. They still want to break away from what is now the Empire. And they're recruiting, obviously, people to foment that sort of resistance. Salman Pak snitched on her and said that she's the only one that was using that little radio transmitter that he had installed in the backyard of his thing. And more importantly, had six face-to-face meetings with Luthen, a.k.a. Axis. Dedra tells Bix, the very worst thing you can do right now is bore me. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's a fucking bar. She's so calmly menacing. It's really a great performance by Denise Goff. 
We're back in the prison factory with Cassian. He's been here long enough where he's starting to act shifty. That's the way I describe it. When the old dude, Olaf, starts to have problems with his arthritis and stuff like that, Cassian says, let's switch and switch positions. I'll do his work. And then when Kino comes up and says, wait, <laughs> who decided to switch? He is so funny. throws it on the other dude. Yeah. And Taga is like, what? Yeah. That's when Kino asks Olaf how many shifts he's got left. Shortest of the short. What are you going to do when you're out, Olaf? You going to go sailing on your boat named Live Forever? He reminds me of the guy in Shawshank that got out and then killed himself. Brooks, except, spoiler alert, this guy doesn't get out. <laughs> So we're back in the interrogation room, and Dedra tells Bix, this doctor, whatever his name is. Oh, Dr. Gorst. He's a real creep. Super creep. He's chuckling to himself about chaotic trials. Then he gives some nice, chunky exposition here. Oh, there's an outer rim moon called Dizon Frey. The massacre of the Dizonites was broadcast and recorded because apparently the Dizonites, when they are scared or dying or whatever they make a particularly choral agonized pleading it caused emotional distress to three comms officers after listening so dr gorst got in the lab he remixed it found a section of children's screams which has its own particular effect i said holy shit they're torturing people by playing the sounds of dying children diabolical but again as Maze points out dr gorsh he's a sicko he takes full pleasure in this, puts the headphones on top of Bix, and Bix is ass off, screaming in agony. Right as the torture starts to begin, the door shuts and we see someone walking away. And that is an exact remake of the scene in A New Hope when Leia is being tortured. Right before Vader starts to administer the torturing, the door closes and an imp walks up the you know walkway down the detention center in the Death Star. So shout out to whoever directed this episode for that little Easter egg in there. Scream transitions right into a drill back on Narkina 5. Cassian is seeing the upstairs activity. He takes his run, aka going to the bathroom. Cassian's in the bathroom. He pops out a panel where he's got a little saw hidden. Guerrera sawing a pipe a little bit at a time. It's just like an escape at Dan Mora where they're just progressively working on these things. Then he's talking to the young guy that was watching him. They're scouting the number of guards. The elevator isn't wired. Nothing that moves can fry you. And he says, what if we get the elevator to stop midway and then steal the guards' weapons? And so now you're seeing the progression of Cassian from this wide-eyed, oh my God, I'm in jail, I'm going to be in prison for six years, to, hey, I'm just trying to fit in and get the job done, to now, how the hell are we going to get out of here? The plan is developing. Olaf is forgetting, and they got to remind him, so not only is he having arthritis in his trigger finger, but also he's struggling with his memory, there's all types of shit going on. Still competitive, though. Bix is fried the hell up tells tigo to keep her as a witness because she can identify axis and doesn't care what happens to pox so tigo wants to hang him make sure ferrix knows who's in charge this is the same guy who wanted to be a prefect he sucks it's very clear the entire purpose for everyone in the empire is just how do i get promoted how do i abuse and, and flex my power and that's what my man is doing here we cut to the Senate hearing, and Mothma is giving a, an impassioned plea. Horde is the next step on an all-too-predictable march toward complete, unchallenged authority. A lot of booze in the 
crowd. Jeering from the other senators, yeah. The occasional, she's right, but really not enough of that. Long live the empire. First responsibility is the citizen. Second is to protect the power and independence of this remarkable chamber. She calls the Senate a temple or whatever. We have to protect this temple. But as she's talking, one by one, you see the different senators turn the light off on their little podium booth, whatever you want to call it. Because, again, when Mon Mothma talks, for the most part, everyone's checked out. Everyone in the Senate pretty much is like, oh, here she goes again. She doesn't have much, at least outward, support for her initiatives. We see her in her limo, and she's super depressed and sad. Her chauffeur tells her, hey, your cousin, she's at your house. And she's like, what? She's kind of surprised by that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're lined up in the prison, down the tubes again, where the guys are waiting before they transfer back to the housing unit. Taga, who's the guy that does the sign language with the guys in the other tube, he's signing. Something happened on level two. We don't know. Everyone's kind of agitated. What's happening? Power cuts off, off and on. Alarm blares. Something is wrong on level two, but we don't know what's wrong. Kino wonders if they're scrambled. How many hands does it take for one word to get through up here? Fully in denial, and the creepy PA voice demands immediate facility compliance. Back at Mons. Turns out her cousin is Vel. And Vel brings gifts for their piece of shit brat of a daughter. Leda says her dad lets her do anything she wants. They have a quiet conversation, and she says to Vel, Seriously, Vel, what does he have you doing? Obviously referring to Luthen. And Vel says, who? With the cold stare of someone who's badass and doesn't have feelings, mm. she puts the cause first. And we know you're full of shit, Vel, because you was acting all emotional an episode ago. She also repeats Sinta's words to her verbatim. The rebellion comes first. We take what's left. Things are happening. There's risk. Things are underway. And Mon Mothma says, I'm beginning to think we're in over our heads, which is a nice little kind of thing that... Not everyone was gung-ho. There's self-doubt creeping in. But Vel cuts her off. You took a vow. In the prison cells, Cassian asks Kino if he ever thinks about escaping. Maze, is it just me or are the upstairs bunks a lot smaller than the downstairs bunks? <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Cassian is asking Kino how many guards. Kino's like, I don't want to be a part of this. Stop asking me questions, blah, blah, blah. And Cassian points out, you think they're listening? You think they care enough to make an effort? Like you would know. I know this. They don't need to care. All they need to do is turn this floor on twice a day and keep their numbers rolling. Why bother listening to us? We are nothing to them. Mel, she's right. We're cheaper than droids and easier to replace. So that's exactly it. It's fear. They're all afraid of the floor and getting fried. That's supposed to keep them in line. But Cassian just keeps yelling, nobody's listening. Nobody. ISB meeting and Dedra is updating everyone. Remember at the beginning of the series, Maze, she was kind of quiet and yeah. picked her spots. And now she's got her voice and she's a lead voice in this room and she's catching everyone up on Andor and she's figured out the connection between Andor and the Aldani heist. She also names Maya Pei. 
Yeah, she traced a piece of equipment to a safe house operated by Maya Pei, the neo-Republican named by Saw Guerrero last episode. Yep. Part of guys calls the connection to Aldani a bit of a stretch, but then attendant here chimes in. He was clean shaven. He shaved, yeah. Which matches the description of the Aldani rebels. Which seems a very spurious correlation there. Like, oh, we narrowed it down to people who don't have beards. Yeah, clean shaven. That's the <laughs> yeah. stretch to me, really, more than everything else. Dedra didn't question Marva. She's too old and frail and we'll use her as bait. We're back in the prison and we figured out what happened to the level two guys. They fried the entire bridge. Everybody dies. 100 men dead. Everyone starts panicking. Kino starts wilding out, telling people to shut up. And Andor tells Kino not to let on that they know what happened. Because if they do, pretty much they're going to kill everybody. Mel, she says they set them all free and gets punched in the stomach. But yeah, Kino's still trying to keep order here. He's still Stockholm syndromed. This is a great scene. Cyril's mom is tracking his behavior. Home late, up early, dress and groom, trim your hair. Hmm, something I should know. She thinks he's seeing someone, and he kind of is. When we get to that point, I read the situation very differently from apparently everybody. But at this point, yeah, his mom basically is saying, like, I did all this shit for you. And what do I get back? Typical mommy talk. He accuses her of searching his room. You've been in my private box. I have ways of knowing. And then she just takes a breath and completely diverts the conversation. You know, what's the return on my investment? That was an incredible line. But Cyril's not taking any shit. We were talking about you snooping on me. She's still deriding him. A shadow of a son, a tenant, a stranger. That's new. You'll want to remember that. There's a point where she's just going on and on, and he slurps the fuck out of his cereal. So loud. Yes. <laughs> just to, to drown out the sound of her voice. She's saying that he's lucky that she didn't go insane because of his neglect. Imagine if I'd cracked and wasn't here now to pick up the pieces. Then he says he's been promoted, and her face slowly breaks out into a wry smile. I knew they'd recognize your promise. Stage mom. Pretty wild stuff. At the Mothma household, Perrin asks Vel, have you found yourself a husband yet? Oh, man. You'll need a widower at this point. Who's left of any value? This guy is such a douchebag, man. And she says, yes, all the good ones are taken. And Mon smiles very not subtly. Not well hidden at all. As we know, Vel is not of that persuasion. At least not at this stage in her life. She's dating Cinta. I just enjoy all of these awkward family interactions in the Mothma household. Leda clearly thinks that Mon is having an affair with Tacoma. Which a lot of people believe is going to happen. I don't think that it necessarily has to happen. I think it's just they're going to accuse her of that when it's really she's leading a rebellion. Right. Mon tells Vel to be a spoiled rich girl, remind people that's who she is, which is the Bruce Wayne approach. Yep. Why don't you shut down the ballet and take them on a yacht across the world? That'll work, Vel. Vel gives her a pep talk. We've chosen a side. We're fighting against the dark. We're making something of our lives. Big hugs. And Vel is gone on her way back to Chandrila. Bix is completely just worn the hell out. So is Olaf. Then we get the scene of the episode. I mean, what a rush. Cyril is lurking outside ISB waiting for Dedra. No, not, not lurking. Just call it what it is. He's stalking. He's stalking Dedra, <laughs> stops her, and is very excited. Now, there is absolutely tension in this scene, Maze. Yeah. But I read it as 
this dude is enamored with getting back into the graces of the empire. He's in love with the empire. Sure. Everyone else seems to be reading it as he has a romantic affection towards her. But I read it as like he has a romantic affection towards the empire and she's his conduit. But the language he uses and the approach he uses makes it seem like it's her. I think it's both. So <laughs> she wonders if he's been waiting. He says, I'd never lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> really forward. And he wants to follow up to their meet cute in the interrogation room, which she correctly dismisses. It's not a conversation. You were questioned. Yeah. And then she asks if he's stalking. And he says, yeah, I mean, I come sometimes to see if I can see you. I am an ISB supervisor. Do you have any idea how much trouble you're in right now? I thought I had ruined my life. I thought I was done. After meeting you and discovering you understood how dangerous Cassian Andor was, and just, just being in your presence, I, I realized that life was worth living. I realized that if nothing else, there was justice and beauty in the galaxy, and if I just kept going, perhaps my deranged belief that there was something better fated for me in the future was a dream worth clinging to. I could have you arrested. You're aware of that. I want what you want. I sense it. I know it. You're out of your mind. I have already given you a second chance. You come near me again, you pursue any of this, and I swear I'll have you in a cage on the outer rim. Cyril feels like Dedra is the only person in the galaxy with his perspective. Right. Specifically in pursuit of Cassian, but generally more of what you're talking about. They both approach justice and order. He calls it beautiful. <laughs> He's so happy to have found his soul's recognition of his counterpoint in another in terms of running down criminals yes yes he's enamored with the empire and they both have a similar approach to how they do things but also because of that she's the personification of that so he does feel this right kinship with her at the very least right and i love her reactions this entire time i don't know what to make of it i feel like there's a wisp there yes but she's mostly just very creeped out Right, because it's creepy, but she also, like, his passion comes across as well. His passion for something that she's passionate about as well. He's holding up the boombox, like, say anything here. And there's also some seriously sadomasochistic energy when he gives a wry smile after she talks about putting him in a cage. He loves, every time she kind of shits on him. He's all about it. Gets a little rise out of it. That's what I love about you, Dedra. You're tough. Once she's inside, her assistant tells her they picked up a rebel pilot near Steergard and they're sending Dr. Gorst. She'll interrogate remotely. Tay is meeting up with Mon Mothma. Explains her it's hard to give out a loan. Bad news. They got a cash flow situation. They need a paper over 400,000 credits and he's got a solution in mind. Davos Skuldoon. She does not like this at all. Davo is a thug. I love how Tay says the wealthiest thug of them all. <laughs> yeah. And she's worried about him being loose-lipped and definitely worried about meeting Davo at the embassy. The website Inverse has this blog entry called Star Wars Just Revealed the Dark Truth at the Heart of the Rebellion. And they're talking about uh, Davos Khaldun. Mob money funded it all. Yep. 
Exactly, which is kind of like the Kennedys being bootleggers and shit like that. Dedra is talking to Party Guys about the pilot. Gorse's interrogation worked almost immediately, and they learned that he's from Anto Krieger's group. And he also spilled the beans on the raid on the power station at Spellhouse. So that's the second reference to this. Anto Krieger, if you remember, is the guy that Saw Guerrero doesn't want to work with because he's an ox. <laughs> so we don't know enough, but it seems like... Because this pilot got caught, this is exactly why Saw didn't want to work with this guy. Oh, you took it that way. I took it as because Saw didn't get involved, they were sloppy and they got caught. I think that's two sides of the same coin right there. Either way, yes. Krieger's spellhouse attack is thwarted. They're trying to figure out how to stage the ship. So they're going to pretend that there was an accident, the pilot's dead, and let it drift into traffic. I like how Partagaz gives orders and... Dedra and her assistant are up and at him. Immediately, yep. And then he's talking to these other slapdicks over here about, I want military intelligence to get in touch with me immediately about Spellhouse. And they're just sitting there staring at him. Yeah, those two are classic. The red-haired guy and the bald guy. Pictures of incompetence in the Empire. Emblematic of what most of the Empire is about. Pockets of people who actually do their job and then everybody else is just living off the hog. Living high off the hog, whatever, however that statement goes. Olaf is collapsing completely ass off with his various medical issues. They carry him through the, the hallway, but then at some point, medic, I need a medic. Yeah. Medic comes over. So he's got a blue jumpsuit. Is he a prisoner too? He is a prisoner. Do you think he has his own quarters or something? No. I think there's probably not a zillion of these. They just denote his status, but he's still yeah. building stuff. Exactly. You know, like when you're on a plane and something happens, is there a doctor on board? All right, we're going to grab you out of your seat. You cease to become a passenger, and now you're a doctor. But obviously, if nothing's happening, if there's no need for a doctor, well, then get your ass back to work. And again, highlighting what Andor says, which is we're expendable. They don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Rather than try to save the guy or cure the guy or whatever, they just basically put him down. Euthanasia. At this point, Andor asks what happened on level two. And the doc, who, by the way, does not want to know Olaf's name. Right. Because he does not want to have that connection or attachment to a human being. And Kino's whole thing this whole time is how he's only got 40 shifts left because that's Kino's motivation as well as he's got, you know, 200 something. The doctor, when pressed, he asks for a cart and the guard walks further away and then he whispers what happened on level two. When we find out there was a guy who finished his term, was released from level four and then immediately returned to level two. Like Grandpa Simpson. Yep. Walking in, taking off his hat, doing the lap, putting his hat back on and walking back out. So the reality is revealed. No one's getting out, are they? Not now. Not after this. There are no prison sentences. This thing is all slavery, slave labor that the Empire is using for what I presume to be the building of the Death Star maze, but could be anything. This manufacturing within the war machine. And as... Cassian and Kino are returning back to their housing unit. Cassian asks again, how many guards? And Kino answers, 12. Kino's on board. To me, I love that. That was one of my favorite scenes. It was a great ending. It was a great ending to this episode to tie the whole plot line together. Because Kino is the brainwashed one, right? He's yes. yelling at them and punching them and <laughs> keeping them in line the whole time. 
Because he thought he would get out. Exactly. He was operating under the assumption that this is all on the up and up. You do your time and then you go home. And now he realizes there's no such thing as doing your time and going home. The empire is full of shit. If you want to get out of here, you're going to have to cooperate with Andor. So I really like the end of the episode, how it picks up. I love that film noir reveal that nobody gets out. I love Kino's transformation from disciplinarian to guy who's kind of panicky when he hears about, like, everyone died on level two, to now someone who is bought in to the realization, we need to get out of here. So we've got the prison break developing. Someone will have to replace Uloff. I'm assuming that's when they'll make their move. So we have three episodes to go, Mace. Mm -hmm. I guess the prison break is going to be the next three-episode arc? I would imagine it's the next episode is prison break, and then we're done with the prison arc, and then there's something else for the last two. But my question is... Do you think we'll get to meet Davos Skuldoon and Anto Krieger? Because we've heard their names a couple times now. I would love to put a face to the name and get to know the character. I would too. I think it getting fleshed out would be very helpful. Or is this the Star Wars tried and true tradition of we'll name somebody and then we won't show them or tell you much yeah. more about them in 10 years from now. Someone is going to be like... I think it's possible we won't see Anto, even though I would like to. Davos is going to come meet Mon. So we got that. Yeah. But do you think we'll see the Spellhouse attack? Do you think that will happen, or do you think the Empire is going to squash it? No, the Empire is going to squash it. It's a trap! It's a trap! Do you think we'll get to see the trap? Yes. They dropped a little bit too much there to believe otherwise. Maze, while we have a little bit of time here, just really quick, I do want to talk about Tales of the Jedi. I know a lot of people were listening last week were asking, are you guys going to review it? I've watched five and a half episodes Maze, you're kind of in the middle of the Dooku story arc. Yeah, that was the one that was most interesting to me. It's fascinating. And and we're going to get a season two of this. So this is awesome. It's basically Clone Wars mini bites, right? It's the same animation. It's the same voice actors. They're just plugging in little holes. So we know Count Dooku used to be a Jedi. He was Qui-Gon's master. And then at some point he turns and he becomes the leader of the Confederacy. But we never know why. And the Jedi kind of talk about him very dismissively. In episode two, what Tales of the Jedi, you know, a couple of the episodes address is that turn. How does Dooku become who he is? How does he become a Sith? Much like almost every good Star Wars story, it's nuanced and it's complicated. And I think they do a good job of explaining that about how he becomes disillusioned by the corruption of the Republic and the decadence and the slap degree of the Jedi council like they're not paying attention in one of the episodes we see Qui-Gon who's just returned from battling Darth Maul on Tatooine and he's just told the council and he's coming out he's walking with Yaddle and the council don't believe him guys I just encountered the Sith Lord and even Yaddle's like Qui-Gon's got such an imagination as do you Count Dooku So he's seeing the corruption of of the Republic where he sees senators basically starving out their constituents and treating them like trash. He's seeing the Jedi not wanting to address things. At some point, someone says the line, the Jedi are just the lapdogs of the Senate. And that resonates with Dooku. Basically, we fast forward to Qui-Gon's funeral, and that's like the last straw pretty much for Dooku because Qui-Gon was his apprentice. Oh, my question for this why does everybody have a tree? 
Game of Thrones, we got the Godswood. Oh. Lord of the Rings, we got the Elf Tree. We got the tree in Casa Doom. Jedi Temple, we got a tree. Like, everybody's got a tree. Well, the Jedi, because uh, Coruscant is like a city planet. Like, the entire planet is city. And obviously, the Jedi Order and the Jedi Way is very in tune with nature and with the force and it flows to us all and so the tree is emblematic of that i know in clone wars the tree has like the force shooting up out of it or some shit like that i don't remember exactly but yeah he's completely out on all of this does not believe in the republic at all he does not believe in the senate and he becomes a separatist in secret yaddle suspects this and follows him finds out he's meeting with sidious now at this moment he's still not a sith lord to him, Sidious is just a means to an end. We have to separate ourselves and then from there figure out how to fix this. But Yaddle confronts Dooku and says, you know, it's not too late. We can come with me right now. We'll go talk to the council. We'll explain it all. And Sidious does kind of the same thing that he did to Anakin, which is he tells, if you do that, you know what they're going to do. They're going to stop all this and nothing will change. The only way you can stop this is basically, and you can't let her go. So you got to kill her. Spoiler alert. He kills her, and after that, he says, Rise, my apprentice. And that's how Dooku becomes a Sith Lord. There's an Ahsoka storyline, too, that's pretty cool because it starts with her being a child, moves on to her training. There's all sorts of Easter eggs. Barris Ophi, who is her friend who later on betrays her, frames her for bombing the Jedi Temple. This is the event that makes Ahsoka leave the Jedi Order. So we have a training scene, and Barris Ophi's sitting there watching her. Anakin does not like the training drill because it's with droids, so he takes her to Rex in the 501st, and they put her in what I can only call the Star Wars version of an Oklahoma drill because they've got their blasters on stun, and she's got to, like, dodge, dip, duck, dive, and dodge. (laughs) And they tag her ass bad (laughs) several times. She gets really frustrated. Why are we doing this? And he says, because you're not always going to be facing droids out there and doing this you'll be ready for anything in a battlefield well anything with a blaster which is funny because of course at some point she faces Darth Vader in a battlefield and of course he doesn't have a blaster and he slices her up like a sushi roll all in all love Tales of the Jedi it made me very excited for more of these also made me excited for Bad Batch man Bad Batch pushed back to January 2023 can't wait for that to happen Maze that's gonna do it for us here on rule of two remember we got three more episodes of andor we'll take a break we'll come back probably with bad bats for darth corn puzzle i'm darth amin reminding you the very worst thing you can do right now is bore me do it from the episode of Miscript. Be sure to check out all the podcasts and Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. <laughs> Billy Gill.
You guys did a tremendous trade deadline special with Adam Schefter uh, for commodities, hey, and uh, also you have God Bless Football. Tell us about it. We have Brian Dable on this week. We Ooh. have, uh, yeah, Dabes. He made sure at first thing, first thing out of his mouth, and I loved him at this moment. I said, "Hey, coach, how's it going?" He said, "Call me Dabes." We get to the bottom of what was in his briefcase in that introductory video where he got out of the truck and walked into the studio or into the uh, the building with a suit on and a briefcase. We talked to him about Halloween. We talked to him about parenting, golf, drinking some beers. You know, he's just one of the guys, is Dabes. He invited us to his house, which was probably insincere, but he invited us to his house. I guess you don't need to listen to the interview because I told you everything that happens now. But, so, but st so did Stugatz ask for the? Uh, you know what? I'll listen find to the episode. Out. I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll find out on this week's episode yeah. of Goblin's yeah, yeah, Football yeah, yeah. exactly how that came together. Tony, you and Juju announced a big thing. You you teased a big thing last week in this section of Mystery Crate. That's right. And uh, the tease was delivered upon you going to New York for an MMA thing. That's right. UFC 281. Oh, yeah. Me and Juju and Lewis will be out there. Uh, kind of. Kind of doing big things. We've got a couple people oh. lined up uh, to do some content with that will be very exciting for our social channels, for our YouTube channel. So a lot of stuff to uh, look big. out there. Very big things coming soon. We're going to be doing major, major things. Also, I, the kid Jew, I got some music coming out yes. this Tuesday. Let's go. Stay mm. tuned. All right. Salute the families. This Tuesday? Where? So yeah. available in all the places you get music? Everywhere you get music. Salute to y'all. Yeah. Also, are we allowed to announce that Juju's the boss of Mystery Crate now? Yes. And congratulate him. Congratulations, Juju. All right, Juju. You're the boss of Mystery Crate now. I am not the boss of anything. We are all together collectively the bosses. I'm no. just helping out. Great leadership from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> no, I and me. Juju's the boss of Mystery Crate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, Roy, what do you got going on? On uh, Montgomery & Company, we have uh, actress and comedian Amanda Seals. Mm. Comedian? Yeah, she's French. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, also, Because Miami, what's going on there? Uh, because my, oh, oh, goodness. I, that came out. That's Surprise the first plug. Time. Yeah, Surpri I don't know why I've never asked you about Because Miami Surprise before. You're the, you're the executive producer of the program. Uh, we have uh, Patrick uh, Range on to talk about the Virginia Key Beach uh, Trust Board. So I'm, 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 so, I'm sorry. You, you caught me from surprise. Billy's That's a big the first time Patrick ever. Range fan. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we talk about that. Billy, what's his position again? Him? Yeah. Man, he does big things. Range against the He's machine. He's got a lot of range. <laughs> also, uh, Billy talks about the ballot because next week is the That's election. Right. We, got, we got ourselves some midterms next Tuesday. That's right. Get my thoughts on the midterms on Because Miami. <laughs> really? Yeah, Billy. Billy. Yeah, 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 Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Funny twist for because Miami. If it was just Billy Gill one day, I can I tell Tony? Can I tell them the idea that I that I gave you months ago that yes. you did not want to follow through yes, on? You can. Am I allowed to? Yeah, you can. Okay, so you know how we do like uh, like Thursday Thunder and all that stuff, and we have different things. I tried to pitch Tony an idea where his whole thing. Uh, was for the midterm elections just to fade Billy Corbin. So everything <laughs> that Billy Corbin endorsed for Tony to come on and have him pitch all of the candidates against who Billy pitched <laughs> just to see how it would go. And he said no because he knew how that would come the off. Ramifications of that. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be very you'd be a, you'd be a MAGA guy all of a sudden. If, Billy's uh, right down the middle, except everyone he endorses one side of the middle. <laughs> right. Uh, Chris Cody, Cinephile? Colin Hanks this week. I may or may not ask him an awkward Chet Hanks question. 
Um, and we talked last week to Jeremy Strong, succession actor. Wow, that's good strong. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, good, good interview with Jeremy Strong. So the last couple have been good. So check out Cinephile. <laughs> <laughs> My mic is still on. Tony's mic is still on. I don't ask about Chet Hanks. I just thought okay, that, I'm glad just you thought put that out good there. Tease. <laughs> mm. Can we can we talk about our contest that you guys already promoted? Is no, it out we, no, we haven't already. Honestly, we should probably put this more towards the front of the episode. But let's just do okay. it now. We'll figure out how to. Now that you bring it up. Yeah, let's just do it. What's hey the gang, we hey, have a buddy. contest going on. What's that? Are you familiar with Moss Miami that will be happening December 10th no, in Miami somewhere in Wynwood? Yeah, Wynwood, Market, Wynwood Marketplace? Yes, I am. There, there you go. Well, guess what? We have a contest going on. If you submit to us looks like submissions, we are going to choose two winners. And what you will win, good question, listener, this is what you'll win if we choose you as one of our winners. The day before... At Marlins Park, they will be having, I guess it's technically Lone Depot Park. The day before at Lone Depot Park, home of the Marlins, they will be having a top golf situation where you can go and you can do top golf at Lone Depot Park. And if you win this contest, you send us some look like we're going to choose two winners. You can go to top golf with us, and then we'll also give you tickets to Moss Miami the following no day. Way. So we're going to have two winners with a plus one to go to top golf at Lone Depot Park with us. And then you will also get tickets to Moss Miami the following day. Just submit your uh, your looks like on Twitter, set, tag the show, hashtag looks like, and we will announce a winner on what day did we settle on? I think November 18th, we will announce our winner. Some fine print. We will not be paying for flights or hotels. Yes, that 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 is important. You will have to find your way to Miami. <laughs> yeah, and we're yeah. just we're just going to. Or you could just live here already, which helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not true. Just, yeah. If you're in Miami, we're going to have tickets for you for both of these events. And if you're uh, coming to Moss, yeah, if you're not from Miami and you're planning to come to Moss, this can be something to add on to your trip. Yes. So yes. creative looks like submissions at Levitard Show. Use the hashtag looks like and you could have a chance to experience some things with us. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I already bought tickets to Moss, Miami. Billy, what do I do in that case? You sell them. You sell them to someone who's <laughs> desperate at the last minute. And you make a ton of money off of it because uh, that's what historically uh, has happened with mm. this event is people go in scalpers, they buy up the tickets, and then they sell them for outrageous prices the day before online, and they take advantage of you, fellow listeners. Famously, uh, this one idiot listener of ours, Steve, spent 1200 bucks on our New York show. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. $1,200? Well, I'm, I'm calling it, him, him an idiot as a joke because I like am friendly with him. But he's not then an he idiot. he stalked me at an airport. Yeah, yeah, he did stalk Billy mm. at an airport. But he paid for two tickets on the second market to our New York show, $1,200. He saved in Why my didn't he check the third market? He, sta he saved in my phone as Steve $1,200. <laughs> really? Yep. It worked out for him because then we had Steve and Kat on with us like on, on the local hour, I think that following Monday. And then uh, we haven't been able to get them out of their lives. Also, they're expecting. So congratulations, yeah. Stephen Cat. Yeah. Shout out Stephen Cat. Yeah. Mm. Shout out all of our listeners. Thank you for listening uh, to this episode of Mystery Crate. Okay, goodbye. Mm. See you, Gary. <laughs> the headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.